How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the 13th episode of the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast, the podcast for people who care about coffee. I'm your host, Alex Carpenter, and this week I chat with Seth Mills. He's the director of coffee behind Misto Box Coffee, a popular subscription-based coffee service, and uh, we chatted with a little bit about how he sources coffee and selects roasters that they include within their coffee subscription. We also talk about how Misto Box became what it is today from starting as a college project idea to becoming a successful kickstarter campaign to also airing on the popular tv show shark tank and they were also funded by mark cuban uh this is a pretty fun episode and i hope you enjoy thanks for listening hello seth welcome to the show thanks for having me for sure i'm glad to have you on the show and uh how are you doing doing pretty well how about you uh, I'm a little cold this week, uh, coming from Michigan, it's been some, probably some of the coldest weather of the year so far. So, uh, that, that coffee in the morning tastes a little bit better, but where, where are you coming to us from? Um, out here in Tempe, Arizona, where it's sunny, 79 degrees. <laughs> so you, you're, uh, with, uh, Brian Sheely, the guy who was on our last episode, you guys got that warm, nice warm weather right now. Oh yeah. Loving it. <laughs> awesome. For the, for the listeners, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Seth Mills, and I'm the director of coffee for Misto Box Coffee. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, my job in, kind of entails um, a little bit of everything. I select the coffees that we feature in our monthly boxes. Um, I kind of am in charge of all the quality control. Uh, I work with all of our roasters. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of everything. Awesome. Uh, before we get all into the, the whole Misto Box story and what you do there, uh, can you tell us about your first experience with coffee and maybe what that was like, if you can remember? <laughs> oh, man. Um, my dad was a Folgers drinker growing up, and I remember probably the first coffee experience I can remember is waking up real early one morning and uh, making him you know, a pot of coffee with the pre-ground scoop and opening up the canister and just smelling it. And, you know, I fell in love with how it smelled, but, you know, hated the way it tasted. So <laughs> for sure. I think uh, we can all relate to that usually. And uh, so when, when did this uh, passion for coffee start for you? It was it's kind of a funny story. It's, I think a lot of people who work in coffee have a similar story where they kind of fell into coffee kind of um, haphazardly or randomly. Uh, I was working at a grocery store in my, in high school and I was tired of pushing carts and bagging groceries and kind of told them I wanted to switch it up and get it to work in a different area. And I ended up falling into working in the, the Starbucks kiosk and, uh, I ended up really loving the job and loving everything it entailed. I just didn't love exactly where I was working. So I ended up switching and getting hired at a company operated Starbucks, um, and I worked there for about three years after that. Um, I had a really awesome manager who got me into, you know, tasting coffee. And um, I realized that I was more passionate about coffee in college than I was about what I was studying. I would stay up and be completing assignments at about 1 a.m. And then I'd be up until about 3 a.m. reading everything I possibly could about coffee online. So it was kind of at that point in college after working um, for a while that I really decided that I wanted to pursue coffee. And that's when I ended up moving over to Cartel Coffee Lab out here. Oh, very cool. 
So, like in college, what what type of coffee were you making? What what devices were you using? Oh man, back then, you know, when you work for Starbucks, they they love the French press. So I, you know, pretty much everything I would do, I would brew it as a French press, and um, you know, do side by side. I had, you know, I invested a, I had a, you know, a basic Baratza grinder and and a couple French presses, and so all the time I'd just taste coffees side by side and, you know, drink as much of it as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Obvi- so. Obviously, uh, since since then, uh, your college days, your your passion and understanding of coffee has grown a lot since then. Uh, what What is your uh, home brewing or brewing in the office look like these days? Uh, so, yeah, I pretty, I pretty much love pour over coffees of any type. So, Generally, every morning I'll wake up and make myself a, a V60 01 of, you know, whatever sample I have in at the time. Um, you know, I work. I also work from home, so uh, if, if I don't have any more samples to taste, I, I also make myself a, a cap or something. So, awesome. Um, so since then, I guess you like you said you you're uh, you're the director of uh, coffee at Misto Box. Um, for maybe for the listeners out there who might not know what you guys do or um, things like that, can you give a kind of an explanation of what what you guys do? Sure. So Misto Box is a uh, coffee subscription service. So what most everyone knows about us is that we do we do the monthly sampler. We um, we select four coffees from four awesome roasters that we work with. Um, and we, uh, have them all roasted on the same day and they're packaged into small sample bags and, uh, sent out so that you can kind of taste a variety of coffees from a number of different roasters. We also do, um, our newest addition to our lineup is the Misto Box One subscription, uh, which allows customers to get personalized coffees, uh, to their taste and to their house on their own schedule. Awesome. And so your job working there, obviously, you're sourcing these coffees and uh, going out and finding uh, different ones to bring on for the subscription. What is, how does that process look like? Um, it's a, the whole process takes a couple of months. Generally, I'll plan out kind of a couple months in advance how I want different boxes to look like, depending on, um, you know, where roasters are located. I want to make sure that we're getting a, an even distribution of of coffees from a number of different places. You know, you can pretty much find amazing coffee wherever you are in the country now. So I don't want to just throw a bunch of roasters who are all in California or Oregon or, you know, uh, Seattle all together. So I'll make sure that we have roasters who represent, you know, a variety of different roasting styles and are kind of all over the country. Um, So I'll kind of pick those out and put them together and say, yeah, I think that this would be a great roaster with this group. Um, and then about a month in advance, I'll reach out and, you know, say, Hey, you know, what coffees are you guys really excited about right now? I'd love to taste them. Um, so then I get them in and I'll, I'll sample them all and, um, you know, evaluate them and say, you know, which ones go together. You know, it's not necessarily just, Oh, Hey, you know, these are the, you know, these are the best, you know, coffees that are, that are cupping blind right now. Um, I want to make sure that we're getting, you know, a good diversity of coffees that all kind of go together and, are going to give, you know, a great representation of, of specialty coffee to, you know, um, and, you know, the average customer who's going to be receiving the box. Mm-hmm. So are you, are you working, obviously you said you, you're working with these roasters. Is this something where 
they roasted or are you guys doing any of the roasting or are you just helping facilitate this kind of a collection of coffees that you think would be uh, a good source for your subscribers? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we work with a number of different roasters, right? About 30 roasters right now. Um, and so they do all the roasting. So we work with, you know, everyone from Ruby in Wisconsin to Lodro in Seattle to, you know, Augie's in California and Panther out in Florida. You know, those are just a couple of roasters we work with. Um, so they'll send us samples of whatever coffees they're loving. Um, and then I'll say, hey, you know, I'd love to I'd love to feature this coffee. And then they roast it up, send it to our centralized fulfillment center, which is based out of Chicago, where we do all of our repackaging and we distribute it all from there. Gotcha. And you guys have a, like, I think you said it is a quick turnaround on those. How how quick can you guys do that? Um, it is a little bit difficult, you know, especially the further away from Illinois you get, the longer the shipping time takes. For um, sure. So we generally roast um, every other Monday and it, coffees are all, will all get to Illinois by about Thursday or Friday. And then it's packaged um, into the sample bags and then it's reshipped out the following Monday. And from there, it's kind of up to the U.S. Postal Service to kind of depend on how fast they can get it to our customers. So if you live in the Midwest or around Chicago, you can pretty much get the coffee eight, nine days off roast. Mm -hmm. um, but if you live a little bit further and you're living on the East Coast or the West Coast, you're generally going to be getting it from, you know, between nine and 11 days, which it's not exactly ideal for, you know, the super high end, uh, you know, coffee geek. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it's, you know, it's fresh enough. And within that time window where we think that, you know, people can get a great idea of what these amazing coffees taste like. Is so? Is that kind of the idea to give uh, somebody who maybe wouldn't normally go out of their home state to order coffee a sampling so that maybe that they'll start buying from that producer? Or how is that something like you guys go with? Yeah, I mean, well... I mean, Mesa Bars is all about accessibility and approachability. So we're trying to take customers who have little or no experience with specialty coffee and give them a way to taste a number of excellent coffees from all sorts of regions uh, all at the same time. And at the same time, we're also able to um, kind of uh, show them the wide variety of roasters that exist. And, you know, one way by doing that is in the samplers, they're able to kind of see, oh, man, I would have never ordered this coffee from you know, uh, from Florida or Wisconsin or wherever, and they're able to get it, taste it, and, you know, go back on our website and buy a full bag from them or even just go to the roaster themselves. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, it seems like uh, there's a lot of coffee subscription services popping up these days, but one thing I've noticed since looking at your guys is just the, the quality of roasters that you guys do house and how many different ones you do. You know, I'm looking at the your roasters list, and there's Halfwit, Onyx, um, Populous Coffee here from Michigan. They're all pretty well-known coffee roasters. Um how do you how do you go about connecting with these or are they connecting with you first or are you reaching out to them? Yeah, we get a, a lot of roasters or, you know, inquire really frequently about working with us. Um, part of my job as a director of coffee is, you know, I have really high standards of, you know, the quality of roasters I want to be working with. Um, so some of these roasters I've reached out to, some of them have, have reached out to me and emailed me and um, just based off of connecting and tasting their samples and 
um, you know, kind of explaining the vision of what we're trying to do and how Mistobox works. We kind of work together in that way to, you know, decide whether we want to work with someone or not. Mm-hmm. And what what exactly are you looking for in a coffee when you're, are you um, more leaning towards the light roasted coffees or do you guys have some uh, different roast levels? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's definitely, it's, it's a little interesting because we're, we're catering to a very wide audience, um, uh-huh. especially with customers who are new to specialty coffee. You know, they're used to drinking Folgers or Starbucks or Pete's. We have to meet them in the middle a little bit. So we do work with, with roasters who have a wider roast profile um, available, but we also are trying to get people to experience and have exposure to, you know, amazing coffees that are single origin and sourced well and, you know, roast to roasted to, uh, you know, develop their inherent characteristics. So we try to have a good representation of every different roast level so that we can meet where all of our customers are at. So um, generally we do a light, you know, single origin sampler that all the coffees in that box are in the light to medium range. Um, and they're generally all single origin coffees that are all fresh crop. Um, you know, all of our roasters are really high standards who work with some amazing importers and a lot of them do direct trade on their own so they're you know these roasters are getting amazing coffees in um, so i want to be able to feature them and um, you know just allow customers to see what these roasters are doing we also do um, like a medium and darker roasted blend box sampler for those customers who might you know not be at the point where they're ready to start drinking you know lighter roasted single origin coffees gotcha so i see you guys have like a a little a step-by-step process that you do to kind of gauge what their interests are? Yeah, we have um, one of the new things. We just rolled out our, our brand-new website in, in uh, the middle of November, um, which we're really excited about. One of the things on there is it kind of is a quiz to let people fill out their preferences so that we can kind of get a good idea of what they like and what they're looking for. So based on that quiz, um, we can determine, you know, what type of roast level they like, you know, what type of flavor profiles they tend towards, um, how often they want their coffee and whether, you know, they're a customer who wants the sampler and to kind of taste a little bit of everything or if they're the customer who knows what they like a little bit more and just want to receive a full bag of that. Mm-hmm, for sure. And what what is your personal preference in coffee, I guess? Like, what what are you looking for in a coffee yourself if you were to have something at home? Uh, you know, I am a big fan of, I mean, generally speaking, I love, you know, lightly roasted coffees, um, well-roasted, well-developed coffees, but generally on the lighter, on the lighter side for sure. Um, I... My favorite origin is definitely Ethiopia. Um, it's coffees from there, whether they're washed, natural, you know, there there's just so much amazing inherent quality. And, you know, I, I very rarely have an Ethiopian coffee that doesn't blow me away. So um, those coffees I love. I'm, I love, you know, well-processed, well-sourced essentials and, you know, pretty much anything with, with a lot of acidity, a lot of balance, and a lot of sweetness. Uh-huh. What a... Uh... If you, like you said, you have an Ethiopian coffee, like what's your preferred brewing method? Um, probably a Chemex. I love, I mean, I, anytime I get a chance to brew in a Chemex, which isn't every day because I'm generally just brewing for myself at home. But, um, you know, whenever I have the chance to brew in a Chemex, I love I love the clarity of mouthfeel and just the way that it, that it uh, absolutely, you know, just enhances the acidity and brings out all the clarity of coffee. 
For sure. I think that, yeah, we've personally at home, me and my wife too, have been enjoying the Chemex a little bit more. And uh, can you kind of talk a little bit about why like the lighter roasting coffee will have the better uh, natural flavors um, and over like a Chemex? Yeah, I mean, lighter roasted coffees, especially well roasted, you know, dense coffees that are grown high and well processed, um, they're going to have a lot more acidity and the body is just generally not going to be a huge aspect of it. And so as a brewer, I want to do everything I can to pull as much acidity, sweetness and balance out of that coffee. And the Chemex, um, I, you know, I think the, the paper filters are exceptionally thick, which allows um, to have a really, really clean cup at the end of the day. You have a lot of control over the extraction um, when you're brewing. And, you know, so with, with all of those things together, you're able to pull out a lot of that, you know, enhance a lot of that acidity and, you know, downplay a little bit, little bit of that body and just allow you to kind of see a lot of the clarity of the coffee that you wouldn't otherwise see if you were to do, you know, say a, a metal filtered version of that. For sure. Yeah. I think it's always a good, like if you do have the option with a Chemex or, um, and other brewing devices, it's always a good thing maybe to, to start on a Chemex and see like those delicate notes and then possibly move into a Kalita or an AeroPress and then really try and get the, the body of the coffee and see what else is there. That's what we love doing stuff like that and seeing the different characteristics that the different brewing methods pull out of the coffee. Oh, definitely. I love I love brewing on the Clever Dripper too, especially when, you know, coffees are, are real syrupy. The Clever Dripper is a great way to kind of pull that body out for sure. Awesome. Yep. So what? let's say you get a, a coffee in and you're looking to add it to the list of roasters that you guys use at Misto Box. What, are you do, brewing it with a bunch of different methods or is there kind of a, a, a standard guideline that you go through to uh, taste all these different coffees? Yeah, it's something that I've kind of developed. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people will kind of ask me if we cup coffee, um, and that's one of the things that you know I don't cup coffee at home because our roasters are sending me coffees that are production roast and meant to be brewed as a filter coffee. Um, so you know, to me, it doesn't really make sense to cup them, especially when our our customers aren't going to be tasting and evaluating them that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll, I'll brew them. I'll kind of put it through its paces and and brew it on. Um, the V6001 and the Chemex and uh, the AeroPress and the Clever. And um, I even have a, you know, just a, a general, um, you know, auto brewer that, I, that I'll run coffees through from time to time just to see, you know, in, in a real life setting with what most people are going to be brewing at home, how is that coffee going to taste and what it's, what's going to be like for the end customer. For sure. Yeah. Do you have any like idea of like how many maybe of your customers are using just like a standard brewer at home? Like a, a, a like I would say a, a vast majority of our, of our customers are probably going to be brewing it, you know, just with a, a French press or a general, you know, Mr. Coffee Maker or auto brewer. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think one of the interesting things about Miso Box is that you guys were actually featured. Well, first off, I think I was looking at your uh, um, your little history on your website, and it says you guys originally you were a, a successful Kickstarter project. Yeah. So, um, a little bit of the backstory on Misto box, um, Connor and Sam are the founders of the company and they actually met when they were going to the university of Arizona together. And, the uh, 
So they were they're actually in the McGuire Entrepreneurship Program their last semester of their senior year, and they were kind of tasked uh, as an assignment of creating the business model. So they knew they wanted to do something online. They knew they wanted to do something you know subscription based. So they kind of fell in coffee and decided that it would be you know something that would work well in that model. Um, so they you know they were successful. They did the the uh, the assignment and and they had developed the entire business model and. Um, they decided, you know, why don't we just make an actual business out of it? We have everything we need to do. So they launched a Kickstarter, um, actually the week of graduation. And <laughs> yeah, and uh, they were successful. You know, it was back when Kickstarter was uh, really early on. So yeah, that was, um, it says back in 2012 is when yeah. they launched it. So so yeah, we successfully made just under $10,000 on that and essentially launched the company off of that. So and was at that point where you, I don't, it's, it says you weren't there yet, but were they just working out of their dorm rooms or was this like something that they had a business going on? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, essentially it was two recent college graduates who were, who were starting a business from the ground up. So they were, you know, they were working out of, um, you know, apartments and, you know, wherever they were living and, you know, co-working spaces. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then also beyond launching a successful Kickstarter, you guys fe- were featured on one of my wife and I's favorite shows that we always like to watch to, uh, before uh, before bed, but you guys uh, were on Shark Tank as well and made a deal with Mark Cuban. Yeah, so yeah, that's an awesome story. Um, so through the McGuire Entrepreneurship Program, Shark Tank had reached out to them and said, you know, hey, you guys are a, a promising uh, company and we'd, we'd love to have you. Um, so they kind of spent a couple months going through um, various, you know, producer cuts. And, you know, they even when they were in there for filming, they weren't sure that they were even going to make it in there. Um, but, you know, lo and behold, they, they made it in there and they pitched the idea to the Sharks. And they went in wanting to do a deal with Mark just because he has so much experience um, in online online business and marketing and SEO type stuff. So uh-huh. um, they were really excited to to walk out of the tank with the deal with Mark. For sure. And you you joined uh, a few, or it looks like a little bit before that they were on the show. Like what, what was it like after uh, airing on the show? Uh, you always hear stories about how the, the business just blows up after being on that show. What was it like for you guys there? Yeah, so they actually filmed that um, back in September of 2012, and I joined in February of 2012, or 2013, excuse me. So they had filmed before I joined the team, um, but then the show aired at the end of the season, which was in May of 2013. Um, and we had we had, weren't, weren't really sure when it was going to air. They don't tell you that it's going to air until about two weeks beforehand. Mm-hmm. So we had about two weeks to prepare for you know, getting, getting the website ready to host, you know, a ton of traffic. Um, yeah, I can so imagine. <laughs> it was, it was in a, a very high stress situation trying to get, you know, everything ready to go and um, be prepared for it. And, you know, once it aired, it was, we had great reception, um, a ton of traffic. We got, you know, our server crashed a little bit, but we got it back up and running. And um, yeah, we basically grew about 200% overnight after, after the airing of the show. Wow. And you just give it and keep growing since then? Yeah, continuing to grow. It's awesome. That's that's a crazy story. And that's pretty awesome to see that it was just a college project that actually became a full-on business then. 
Yeah, it was something that, you know, Connor and Sam um, weren't necessarily in coffee beforehand. So it was one of those things where, you know, it could have gone either way. But Connor and Sam are both really smart. They're, you know, they're excellent um, entrepreneurs. And so they, they had definitely had what it took to, to get it off off the ground and going. Very cool. <laughs> Like like I said, like uh, these coffee subscription services seem to pop up here quite often these days. What what is it about MisoBox that you think that sets you guys really apart from uh, the others out there right now? Well, I think one thing is you know like I said earlier, we're all about accessibility and approachability. So you know we want to make coffee as simple and fun and easy as we possibly can. Um, you know especially with you know the third wave shops and a lot of, you know, light roasted coffee, a lot of the times people, especially people new to it, um, you know, it's easy to get intimidated or feel that there's a little bit of pretension there. And so everything we try to do is trying to combat that and get people excited about coffee, um, you know, and, and kind of tone it down, make it just real, real relaxed, real simple, real easy, and kind of take away any, any kind of hesitancy that people might have. Yeah, for sure. I think, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I, that's what we really try and do with this podcast and, and the site, just try and bring it to people and just make it approachable and show that brewing great coffee isn't that extremely hard to do, but you just have to be willing to put in the effort and uh, uh, do a little bit of research and um, maybe buy a miso box subscription to start tasting some uh, different coffees. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time and energy, just like, you know, anything um, to do, you know, to do it well. You got to do a little bit of time and research, but, you know, in the end, it'll pay off exponentially for you. For sure. Yeah. Is there anything you guys are working on to help maybe some people who are new to coffee that maybe join your, your service to help them understand or start learning to um, use different brewing methods? Yeah. Um, so about a year and a half ago, we actually put out um, a bunch of brew guide videos that you can see on our website under the learn section. Um, so we do the Chemex, the V60, the AeroPress, the French Press, and the Clever Coffee Dripper. Um, so those are just some brew guides that I did um, with MisoBox to kind of break it down and, and give really simple but thorough step-by-step procedures on how to how to use those brewers um, and you know kind of the advantages that each brewer has and why why someone might want to buy that brewer over a different one. Um, but also just in the language that we use, uh, we try to make everything really simple and, and easy to understand. Um, in all of our boxes and all of the, you know, kind of everything that we put out, we include a lot of um, just general information on the back of every insert inside the box that you'll get. You'll get a little kind of tip or guide or tidbit of information like where does coffee come from? You know, why, why are we including that? you know, the meters above sea level that the coffee's grown at, you know, what does fully washed mean versus a full natural, kind of all sorts of information that can take these, you know, alien lexicon terms and, and put it into something that's easily digestible and understandable. For sure, yeah. It's Instead of just sending a bag of coffee and saying, here you go, you, you kind of explain why that coffee is the way it is and uh, a little bit more. And I think that's really important. And uh something awesome that I see you guys are doing. Yeah, I think that the more that customers know in general about coffee and where it comes from um, and are able to have exposure to different coffees, the more that they're able to know what they like and what they don't like and and have that kind of experience of, you know, finding 
what, you know, what brewer, what brew method, what, you know, roast level, what origin do I really like? And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just about making good coffee. For sure. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you joining us, Seth. And for the listeners out there, where can they find out a little bit more about Mista Box and even where can they follow along with uh, what you're up to? Yeah. So uh, Mista Box is on Facebook, uh, Twitter at Mista Box Coffee. We're on Instagram at Mista Box Coffee as well. Um, and then I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Seth Mills. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us and I uh, hope you have a good uh, rest of the week. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me.